we were talking about Parshas Vashanan and the idea that Parshas Vashanan is the first of the seven Shiva, the Nechamta, the seven um, weeks of comfort between Teshubab and Rosh Hashanah, comforting the Jewish people for the destruction and the hate and the sadness and the pain and all of that. But it's interesting because it, every single year, the first of these seven starts with Parshas Veschanan. And in many ways, Parshas Veschanan is the, fla- the furthest thing from being comforting because it emphasizes this idea that Maisha's Bakasha, Maisha's greatest desire and plea from Hashem to enter the land of Eretz Yisrael was not fulfilled. It did not happen, right? Maisha asked and begged Hashem, please, please, please. And even Maisha says, I pleaded for Hashem for you, but he did not listen to me. And Hashem said, please stop speaking. Please stop begging. Go up to the top of the mountain and you'll be able to see like a bird's eye view from the mountain, but you're not going into the land. And Yeshua is going to lead the people. And there's something very heartbreaking about this, about Parshas Vashanan, that first of all, Moshe wasn't able to enter the land. His, his deepest plea from Hashem was not fulfilled. Yeshua was going to lead them in. And as a result, the fact that Misha wasn't able to lead the Jewish people in Territ Israel in the year 2488, there was Horban Begalus, there was destruction and pain and sadness and rupture and literally disasters as a result. So how is it appropriate how does this match up how does this add up this idea that the haftarah talks about there being no more sadness there being no more destruction and maybe everything is going to get built up and there's comfort and there's hope and there's healing and all that and there is a double sense of of healing and restoration to these two terrible experiences of the of Hashem's homes being destroyed and then this final everlasting home that's going to be built. How is it possible that this goes along with the theme of Misha literally pouring out his heart and soul to Hashem to be able to allow him entire to soul? Maybe because Veshanan is so heartbreaking, maybe because of this terrible experience that Misha is not able to enter the land, this is exactly where it's needed. This is where it's 100% necessary that we get this comfort from Ishaya for this terrible sadness that Misha and the Jewish people are experiencing through this through what happened in Parshas Vashanan, through the, through the fact that Misha couldn't enter the land. The fact that the first two words of this Haftar is a double thing, double whamming of Nachama, Nachamu, Nachamu, in addition to it being holding space for the destruction of both the first base of Maitash and the second base of Maitash, Nachamu, Nachamu, 
and a hope and a prayer and almost a promise for the third and final. Also the idea that anytime there is a, a great movement, a geula, there was a double there was a double expression. So for example, Lech Lecha, Hashem told Avram to leave, released him from the restriction of his, restrictions of his family and his background life so that he could actually step into being a Jewish, the father of the Jewish people. And then we have another example of Pakad Pakadati. That's when the Jewish people were redeemed from Mitzrayim. It was the same idea where there was this double expression of remembering their pain, remembering Hashem's promise that he will redeem them. So that's the same idea here with Nachamu Nachamu, that there's this double, this idea of doubling one on top of the other, right, one next to each other. That's very connected to the idea of Gula, the idea of redemption, the idea of restoration and healing, repairing also. The next level, Kaflaim Latashia. Tashia is Milashan Yeshua. In general, whenever there's something that is said double, that is said twice, Kiflaim Latashia means double for redemption for healing for hope for space for compassion so whenever you have that double you're always going to have all that theme as well it's double but it also it also means multitudes so kafai means double but it also means many 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 to the point where there's no cap on how many kafai could mean it could mean a hundred times it could mean ten times and then it also includes this idea of revava of many until to, to the point of tachlas ariba which is the the ultimate many to the point of many that it cannot be counted this is a bracha that hashem said to yaakov that hashem promised that You'll that there will be so many of your descendants that they won't be able because of the the manyness of them they won't be able to count be able to be counted. So that 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 is kind of the ultimate of many something that's not able to be counted. So this idea of bligvol is connected to double kiflayim because somehow we got from double to ten. And if we're talking about many, then many is a hundred. And if we talk about many, then we can even talk about many to the point where many can't be counted. Like, for example, Jewish people, that they will be so, so many that you won't be able to count them. So dialing back to this theme of double and then um, extrapolating from that, that it's also, we're also able to explain it in a way of endless, endlessness of many we're also able to take this idea, this theme, and apply it to this idea of Geula because this double whamming, this double expression is a preparation, is a, maybe a, what's the word, a catalyst to bring us to that space of Geula. This idea of bligvo, this idea of endlessness, <laughs> Many of of many in a way of endless that that is connected to the geula with the expression of nachmu nachmu is even more expressed and 
there in comparison to, for example, Lachlacha and Pakapakanti. It is different because Lachlacha, okay, so there's Lachlacha, Lamed Chav, Lamed Chav, but Lach is, is spelled differently because it's Segal, Lamed, and the Chav is with a Shva, which means, and that means Lach means to go. And then lacha, even though it's the same letters, it's different in kudais because it's shva, the lam is the shva, and the chap is the kamitz. Lacha means for you, which means for for your for your well being and for the good of you, which means that both of these words, even though they're the same, lam and chap, lam and chap, they have a different explanation, translation, connotation. Lach means to go. Lacha means for your own good. And it also includes this idea of goodness and redemption and moving forward for you as well from or Kazdim. And then so with Pakad Pakadati, it's the same idea. Pakad is the Sharish, it's the root of the word. And then the root of the word Pakad is I remember. Pakadati is the action of that past tense making it happen but it is not the case with nachamu nachamu it is exactly the same word exactly the same spelling exactly the same nakudas exactly the same meaning they are exactly equal in their expression so what's the difference between two words that are exactly the same like nachamu nachamu two words that two double words that are not exactly the same, that the same letters or like lachacha or pakapakadati. So this is going to be here. We're coming up to the chadash here of yeshleimer. When there's a difference, when there's differentiation between the two words, where one word is expressing something, Something's missing in that expression. So that means that the second word needs to add something to it. Or there are, they're basically doing different things and they're complaining each other. They're in this, this partnership of one is expressing one thing, the other one's expressing something else. So the difference, the differentiation is because something's missing or something needs to be strengthened, some sort of message. And this strengthening of the message is only emphasized because they're different. Because there's a difference of, of the spelling. Say it's, it's the, the more extended word and it's not just the root of the word. Or it's a different spelling because it's trying to add or share something. No, it's a clarification. It is a distinction. There's something that one word needs to come to add to strengthen it. Strengthen clarify expressed in a different way that the first word wasn't able to express. This is not the case with the double wording of nachamu, nachamu. There's no difference with the way that these words show up on the page. There's no difference between the spelling or the translation or the nuance of the words or the nakudas because every nakuda brings a different type of energy and a lot of times will shift the what the word means so there's nothing that the second 
Nahamu adds. There's no details that it adds. There's no theme that it clarifies that wasn't already expressed with the first word. This is a authentic duplication of a word exactly as it is. And it's not adding anything new. It's not clarifying anything or expressing something that wasn't expressed before with the first word, Nahamu. And then here, we'll explain a little more what the difference is. Pakad Pakadati means that there are, tells you that there are different avenues to Geula. Why? What does that mean? Because sometimes you need the word Pakad and you need the word Pakadati. That means that there's something in Pakadati that there isn't in Pakad and there's something in Pakad that isn't in Pakadati. And there's something that both of them need to complete with each other, which means that there's a certain system. There's a certain system of how the Gula works. There's a certain way that the 10 makas have to happen. There's a certain way that the B'nai Israel are going to be able to come out of Mitzrayim. There's only, only one fifth of them are going to be able to be redeemed from Mitzrayim. Okay. Even if it was, you know, with Hashem's hand and all that, there was still a very specific system of how the Jewish people left Mitzrayim. The Geulah. So there's so there's a very big difference, a very big distinction between Pakat Pakadati and Nachamu Nachamu, which means there's a very, very, very big distinction between the way that the Jewish people were redeemed from Mitzrayim and the way that the Jewish people will be redeemed from this Geula. Just from the words Pakat Pakadati, which means Pakat Pakadati is telling you that there's a certain system. There's a certain, as miraculous as it is, there's 10 makas, there's 50, there's whatever, 200 or 50 or however you want to do the math at, at the Yamsov, right? There's very specific distinctions. There are many, there are very many specific things that the Jewish people had to do and each were connected. But this is not the case with Nachamu Nachamu because Nachamu Nachamu expresses this idea of bleak vol, of this authentic, true, limitless energy of healing, of redeeming, of wholesomeness, of connection, of love. Okay, that, that there's just, there's no limit. It's truth, it's beauty, it's love, it's connection, it's it's repairing, it's restoring this destruction. It's, it is removing the shackles from us in a way that is so beyond anything. And as, as beyond the structure of the world, the redemption from Mitzrayim was, it still was, there still was a certain framework that it had to fall into, which is not so with Nachamu Nachamu, which specifically emphasizes this limitlessness with Geula. Okay, so when we talk about abundance, when we talk about healing, when we talk about love and connection and restoring relationships all and receiving the greatness that Hashem has for us. All of this happens in a way of truly being limitless. There's no end. There's no, there's no stop. There's no cap. There's no dam. 
There's no, there are no walls. It just is. Mm 